to students of all kind of levels of proficiency, and it's one that he practiced himself on his retreats. And he said, when it's cultivated and developed, it's of great fruit and great benefit. And we have probably been taught it in various different ways. You know, there's, there are many different ways that people teach mindfulness of breathing. Um, partly because there aren't really detailed technical instructions in the, in the early discourses. So it depends on what's worked, for, what's worked for one person and they teach it to the next person and what's worked for our teacher and we gravitate towards a teacher who teaches it in, in a way that works for us and so on. And so you get lineages that insist that the only right way to do it is to, for example, pay attention to the very tip of your nose or the, the air on the upper lip. Or others who insist that the only right way to do it is to watch the rising and falling of your belly. Or etc., you know, so we can have all sorts of um, views and opinions out about techniques, and none of them are right or wrong. It's like which, well, in my opinion, so here's another opinion. In my opinion, none, none of them are right or wrong. We have to be pragmatic about what is it that is serving this kind of overall purpose of travel, of direction. And then the word. Uh, that gets translated mindfulness of breathing, anapanasati. Anapana means in and, in and out, breath, and sati means mindfulness. One could think of it as mindfulness of breathing, that what your mindfulness is, mindful of, is the breath itself. Or you could think of it as mindfulness with breathing, where the breath is more kind of secondary, or even stretch that to think of it as mindfulness breath by breath. And you could see which of those, again, is more reflective of the way that you find it useful to practice. And some of us don't find the breath particularly useful or we find it a problematic meditation object anyway. And I'd just be curious, because we don't really know any of you, or not very well. Um, how many for how many people is some form of mindfulness of or with the breath your kind of basic go-to practice? Yeah. So, anyone something else? Okay, yeah. Like the body or sounds or body, yeah, no, body, yeah. Okay, but that's kind of fairly, you know, it's it's not infrequent that um, another object is is kind of we find it more helpful for different reasons. So, what I wanted to do this morning is to share an image that I I love and I've been reflecting on from the teaching on mindfulness of breathing, but I also would like to suggest that we can apply this to whatever meditation technique that, that we're using, actually. Um, and that's really what we want to uh, invite when we share any of these, these images or metaphors. 
similes over the next while is that you kind of take the bits that resonate for you into your practice and if anything doesn't, just let it slide off. So this is an invitation, it's not um, an insistence that we pick, pick all of this up. So... In the, in the discourse on, or in the instructions on mindfulness of breathing, which actually, um, this particular version that includes this simile comes out of the foundations of mindfulness. Um, it, it goes like this. It's actually talking about mindfulness of breathing as a way of establishing mindfulness of the body. And how bhikkhus, bhikkhu is a monk or a practitioner, how, how practitioners, does a practitioner abide contemplating the body as a body? Here a practitioner, gone to the forest or to the root of a tree or to an empty hut, sits down and having folded their legs crosswise, sets their body erect and established mindfulness in front of them. Ever mindful they breathe in, Mindful, they breathe out. Breathing in long, they understand I breathe in long. Breathing out long, they understand I breathe out long. Breathing in short, they understand I breathe in short. Or breathing out short, they understand I breathe out short. Just as a skilled wood turner or his apprentice when making a long turn understands I make a long turn, or when making a short turn, understands I make a short turn. So too, breathing in long, a practitioner understands I breathe in long. Breathing in short, a practitioner understands I breathe in short. And he goes on to talk about calming the body and calming the mind using this observation of the breath. So a wood turner, maybe not a very familiar image in our culture. I don't know um, how many people have come across wood turning. So yeah, it's, it's um, the way that in order to make a, a smooth, uh, rounded object of wood, you turn it on a, on a lathe, on an instrument that the time of the Buddha would have been manually turned, so that you turn it and you apply your tool to it, and you get this smooth, rounded surface. So sometimes you, you see beautiful wooden bowls with sm- a kind of smooth, even shape, and the grain of the wood all exposed, or really, really beautiful objects. Um, even a, a bed knob, a traditional bed knob, would have been made by a wood turner. Uh, and maybe the more familiar image that we'd have today is of a potter and a potter's wheel. And the way that the, the turning of the wheel and the application of pressure creates this beautiful shape. And what does a wood turner do? They take a rough piece of wood and they make it into something beautiful and useful. And this is what in our meditation practice we're doing with our, our heart and our mind, is we're taking, taking our unruly mind and our um, 
our troubled heart and making them, helping them um, find their way to a place of ease and clarity. <coughs> We're making something beautiful. And these craftspeople, the woodturners and the potters, are people who love their craft. Actually, it was interesting because wood turning is not so familiar in our society, although I have, you know, I've seen a little bit of it done and I've also um, had one or two things that have been really made from this beautiful, beautiful craft of wood turning. So if you look up wood turning on Google, there's a whole community of you know, there's a whole wood-turning world out there to be explored. And as with any of these things, you have these real enthusiasts who, who love their craft. And so we want to learn to be with our body and mind in the way that a skilled wood-turner would be with their wood or a skilled potter would be with their pots. Um, and to have the sense that this process can be a lovable and enjoyable craft. And so the, the breath is likened to the turning of the wheel. And just as the turning of the wheel is not the primary concern of the woodturner, the woodturner's tur- turning of the wheel is called a lathe in woodturning. The turning of the lathe is simply what accompanies the process of crafting something beautiful. So this is not also in our mindfulness of breathing, it's not about becoming an expert breather. It's the breath is what accompanies us on this journey towards well-being. And personally, I like the breath as a meditation object because of its regularity and the sense of it as something that revolves and you know, I think this is why many people do find it useful, because it has this rhythmic, soothing quality to it. Just as the revolving of the lathe or the potter's wheel is what gives the smoothness um, and the regularity to the bowl or the object being crafted. And this potter or the woodturner will vary the speed of the turning of the wheel according to what's needed. The speed of the the turning can be of any speed. There's no right speed. When we talk about breathing in long or short, we're talking about deep breath or shallow breath or fast or slow. You know, we're just allowing the, the breath to happen. And then I would say that our attention is like the tool that contacts the wood or the hand that contacts the pot and, and shapes it. And you can come in and contact it at different angles, with different pressures, you know, in different places, depending on what you're, what you're trying to achieve, what works for you. One of the things they say in the wood turning tips is that it's really important to work with the grain of the wood, to work with what you have with you. Yeah. And wood, wood can be something that is kind of knotty, and gnarly and each piece of wood that you have will have its own individual characteristics just as each of our body minds has its own individual characteristics and we kind of have to work respectfully with the knots that we bump into and it's the individuality that makes these pieces beautiful 
So there's, there's something for me in these images of the, the wood turner or the potter that is very sensual and very tactile, that you really, um, yeah, you get a, a, a sense of feeling your way into contact with something. And sometimes more attention will be with the turning of the object and sometimes more attention will be with the kind of application of the attention to it. So sometimes your breath will be more foreground, sometimes your breath will be more background. There are ways that we can attend to the breath where we kind of zoom in really close and really, really... um, observe in detail the sensations of an in-breath and an out-breath and the moment of the ending of the in-breath and the moment of the beginning of the out-breath. There are other times where you can have more of a sense of the attention just floating, floating on the object. So similarly, if we're crafting a wooden bowl or a, a clay bowl, if you press too hard you're going to end up making a dent where you don't want it or eventually damaging your tools and materials. But if you don't make any contact at all, you don't apply any pressure, you're ineffective. The attention will drift away. And so that brings to mind another, one of the best-known images that the Buddha has of tuning a lute. A lute. So, a stringed instrument, and that actually there's an art to finding the right tension on the strings to produce a beautiful sound. There's an art to knowing how much effort to apply to stay in touch with our breath or our body or our meditation object, and when actually a little bit more relaxation is appropriate. So... Really remembering that our intention when we settle into our meditation practice is not to have the best lathe or the best potter's wheel, not to be the best breather in the room, um, and not even to, you know, have to have the right or prove that our our technique is the right one but to create something beautiful, this sense of ease and well-being and clarity of mind. So we can ask ourselves, as we, as we go along, we can kind of monitor a little bit, is the way that we're currently keeping our breath or our body and mind serving this purpose or not? And if not, what adjustment is needed? Is it a little bit more precision? Is it a little bit more um, of a broader view? How, how closely do we want to hold the object in mind? And also, how closely is it helpful? You know, it might be helpful to really play with one of these images, the woodturner or the potter, for yourself, and really hold that in mind, and actually see if that helps you feel your way into the craft of what you're doing. And it may get to a point where actually it's just, it feels like this is, this is creating either too much pressure on what I'm doing already, so then that's a, a time to just let it float away, 
Or you might find you've become so fascinated by it that you've kind of mentally gone shopping for all the beautiful pots that you could possibly imagine, and so on. So just to, again, how much we want to pick up and make use of these images, and when is an appropriate time to just drop them and be simple, is again something to feel out. So it's a, it's a craft. <clears throat> Meditation is a craft. And uh, as one of the woodturners on Google says, as with any skill, it takes a lot of practice to become a, wood, a good woodturner. An experienced woodturner makes it look easy, a point that will be driven home the first time the novice begins to turn. One thing almost every novice or I would say out-of-practice person, out-of-practice turner, will notice, is that they're so focused on following all the tips that they have a death grip on the tools. The grip on the tool should be firm and in control, but one should avoid choking the tool. After a bit of time on the lathe, the novice turner will begin to relax their grip on the tools, and at that point they'll find wood turning becomes a little easier. So let's get turning. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to suggest that we stand up first and come into these breathing bodies standing. Yeah, just give this up a shake. And take a few deep breaths. <coughs> and you can give yourself a vigorous shake if you like. And one thing I like to do is to take the arms up over my head and then just take a deep breath in and just drop. <sighs> and do that a few times. stillness and just feel the aliveness of your body, contact with the ground, Ah, and feel the breath maybe moving down into your belly. Let's just get a sense of the movement of our breath before we sit down by bringing it with a little bit of movement of the body. This will be a little foretaste of some of the qigong that I'm offering as an option before the afternoon practice. Just let yourself, as you inhale, just let your hands float up to about shoulder height, keeping your shoulders relaxed. And as you exhale, let your hands float down. Letting them be really light, as if they're just carried up on the current of your breath. Allowing, inviting the whole body to soften. Synchronizing your breath and your movement so that the, the breath, the hands rise with your in-breath and land back with your out-breath.
Let your knees and ankles soften. The whole body soften. And the body might rock a little bit with the movement of the hands. Rock back towards your heels as the hands float up. And a little more over the centres of your feet as the hands float down. Just have a sense of the whole body breathing. Float right down, and if this is okay for your shoulders, just round your hands in front of you, and let on your in breath, let your hands come up over your head and turn the palms to the sky, and let your shoulders just melt down your back, being soft. And on your out breath, just let your hands float down again. Let your whole body grow a little taller on your in breath, and rest back to the earth on the out breath. If this is not good for your shoulders for any reason, just bring your hands up to the height that's comfortable, palms face up, and then turn them palms down. Breathing in a long breath, knowing that you're breathing in a long breath. Breathing out a long breath, knowing that you're breathing out a long breath. And then just making the movement smaller again and just floating the hands up to about the chest height and down again. It's with the rhythm of your breath. Noticing that you can have more attention with the breath or more attention with the movement of your hands. Or the soles of your feet on the ground. Wherever it feels comfortable for you to have your attention. And then just float your hands down and rest your arms at your side. Stand for a moment and feel your whole body. And then you can find your way back to your seat. Find a posture that is comfortable for you where you can be upright. A nice stable base. Good. Very good. Everybody's knees are supported. Feet flat on the floor if you're on a chair. 
Just taking a moment to sense where you are. you are. So knowing that we you're just taking the conditions that we have here now. Beginning to coax ourselves into a an easeful relationship with this body mind just as it is. Sensing your posture, sensing your contact with the ground. Where are you in contact with the ground? Feeling its support. Feeling its different textures. It's a firmness and softness, warmth and coolness. And just taking the attention up through the body, seeing if you want to make any little adjustments that you find your, your spine nice and balanced. Maybe there's a little bit of support behind you if you're sitting on a chair, but the spine is upright. Shoulders softening. Ears resting over the shoulders. The crown of the head just naturally floating skywards. taking the attention, sweeping it down from the crown of the head once through the body and just inviting each area to soften around the eyes it's always helpful to give yourself a hint of an inner smile and that resonates part of setting up our posture. Relaxing the jaw. Shoulders. 
arms, wrists, hands, letting the hands soften wherever they rest on your body, in your lap. Letting the belly soften. the seat, feet and the legs melt into the support of your bench or your cushion or your chair. the attention come to rest on this breathing body, the whole breathing body, the field of sensations that we call body. Within this field of sensations, you may become aware of the movement of the breath, rising and falling. feel it as a wave that rises through the whole body or a sense of the whole body expanding a little on the in-breath and subsiding on the out-breath. might choose to foreground the breath movement or just the whole body in the foreground and you just know in the background that the breath is happening. choose to be more specific, to really feel the breath rising and falling in the belly, how the abdomen fills with the in-breath, rests back towards the spine with the out-breath. 
might notice the breath in the rib cage and expanding of the rib cage on the inhale, relaxing on the exhale. sides and the back of the ribcage. If you like, you can just take a little tour with me around these different ways. <coughs> you might notice, feel the body breathing. throat and the nose, the coolness of the air coming in and the warmth of the air leaving. Soothing and refreshing the body. love the simplicity of simply noticing the breath at the tip of the nose coming and going. caringly, lovingly, like the craftsperson working their trade, their tools. With all the time in the world, and feeling your way into a relationship with this breathing body that supports you to find a sense of steadiness. <coughs> that invites a sense of ease. 
whether that is zoomed in or zoomed out. entirely dropping the breath from the equation, that's also fine. Inviting steadiness, inviting ease.
even when you feel ready, you can take this same principle into some walking meditation. And when we're walking, you know, you might think of the rhythm of your walking as being like the turning of the lathe or the potter's wheel. And the pace, again, can be as fast as or as slow as supports your sense of um, finding a, a sense of ease in the body and letting the mind really come together with the body. So what, what pace of walking supports your mindfulness, really, is the question. And also what kind of focus? So where do you want to apply your tool? Is it to the, the soles of the feet? Is it to the sense of the whole body walking, the motion of the whole body? Or is it still with your breath? You know, sometimes it can be enjoyable to just walk really slowly and kind of sink the body and the movement and the, and the breath together. But that requires a really slow walking. And sometimes I find that soothing and helpful. Sometimes it's really not what this body-mind system wants to do. So there's no, again, there's no hierarchy of a better way to do it. It's like what is going to help you in your craft this morning. Okay. But what I would suggest is that you treat the walking period as a formal meditation practice. It's a continuation from formal practice. And so one chooses a, a walking path, indoors or outdoors, that's kind of somewhere between 15, 25 paces long, and you go back and forth at the pace that you've chosen. And so the ends of your path provide a kind of point where you can pause and take stock and just feel your, feel your whole body and notice what's happening and then notice the intention to turn and go back again and to really kind of remind ourselves that we're not walking to get somewhere, we're just walking to be here. So that's different from going for a walk and there are other times of day when you can go for a walk. So we've got lovely conditions for walking meditation this morning. Please enjoy, and there'll be a bell at 5 to 11 to bring us back for a sit, which will be a much quieter sit, even a silent sit, so you can really delve into this more for yourself. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.